You're listening to Business Stories with Ryan Arcarachi, where I speak to business professionals from all walks of life. Thanks for listening, and let's get to it. Hey, good morning, everybody. It's Ryan. I'm back. Tomorrow's Valentine's Day, so please don't forget that if you've got a partner out there, you might want to share this episode today because I am talking to Mr. Yaro Starik who is the founder of Inbox Done, as well as other companies. Yaro, you've got an interesting background. Thank you for being here. It's, it's really, uh, I'm really excited to talk to you. Thanks, Ryan. Uh, nothing to do with Valentine's Day, just to clarify, of course. Right. <laughs> no, but uh, uh, I just got to ask you too, you know, I was reading your bio and I was really interested to find out that your whole entrepreneurial journey started with Magic the Gathering. Which is, if you don't, people don't know who, who are listening. That's a popular uh, like card game, and is that true? Like you really started out your business with that game, and your interest I, and passion I, in that game. I detect a slight interest in your own voice, Ryan. Are you are you a player <laughs> or once were of the game? I I was one. I tried it once. I'm talking back in like 2004. I had a, okay. a, a very light interest, and I kind of dived into it, and then I was like, I just. I, I couldn't like understand it. I don't think I had the attention span for it. So okay, okay, yeah, no, it's totally true. Um, in fact, when you started playing, was I was kind of finishing my career, I guess, because I started at sixteen, uh-huh. uh, about nineteen. Well, let's see, nineteen ninety five. That would be or nineteen ninety six. Yeah, played as a hobby at school. Um, it is a really fun game, especially as a teenage boy playing with your friends, like a group game. It's you know got mag magic. Uh, got dragons and elves magic all the things you get in fantasy but it is competitive it's like a you know proper uh beating down your opponent kind of game so i really enjoyed that aspect of it but i really enjoyed tournament play and that's sort of what i discovered maybe a year or two into playing the game and it's basically like poker you know you're you're playing tournaments you're, you can win cash not quite poker level money yeah. but um you can certainly become a professional if you want to uh especially nowadays there's more money in it yeah. um i got into it for that but then you know c- kind of a coalescence of timing here i was interested in magic i was becoming a you know 18 19 year old man so i was looking at what to do after high school and then i you know went to university but more because that's the only thing everyone was doing and then the internet was starting to become a place for commerce too so all these things converge and naturally when I want to experiment with a business, I looked at the internet. Uh, naturally, when I wanted to start my first website, I thought about Magic the Gathering because it was my you know, my biggest interest at the time. So my first website was Magic the Gathering, which became my first sort of experiment in business because I did have an e-commerce store selling cards. Um, I had a basically a, what you call today um, a magazine type website people writing posts, reviewing the tournaments they were playing. And it became not like a massive financial success, but as a an 18-year-old, 19-year-old, if, if you're making 500 to to $1,000 extra on the side with your little hobby card game website, I, I was I call it successful at the time anyway. Yeah, yeah, totally, totally. So I'm, I'm, interesting to, I'm interested to hear how you transitioned from that passion into now you've got you kind of dipped your toe in the water with internet marketing um, and that evolved. And I looked through your bio that that evolved into starting a blog and then training people and consulting and, and more blogging and then content creation. Talk to us about a little bit about that journey too. Yeah, that that's 
pretty much been my my main career before what I do presently. Uh, there's a little connection with with magic. I loved content, and uh, you, even though I didn't see myself as a writer, I loved magazines before we had the internet. I loved running that magic card site because I've got to post content and see people enjoy it and reach an audience online around the world. Yeah. Um, there was a, 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 a few years where I was actually running a, an essay editing company and it does connect the story because that was a business where, you know, very traditional service agency selling proofreading services. But at the around 2004, when you start playing Magic the Gathering, yeah. <laughs> I started learning about blogging um, because it was becoming, you know, uh, it was the dawn of social media, really. It was the, the first time uh, a type of media online allowed interaction between the content creator and the reader. So in this case, it was comments and the ability to actually reply back. Before that, we had forums, but this is the first time where you could actually write a full-length article and, you know, get that direct feedback. Uh, and it owned the domain, owned the website. So I was a little bit confused by it because I didn't understand what's a blog versus what's a normal website. Yeah. But someone said to me, blogs are amazing at getting traffic from search engines. You should try one for your your proofreading company. So that was the connection to that business. I, I didn't really get it. So I installed blog software. I tried to write about proofreading as a subject. Um, very boring. I, I wasn't a proofreader myself, so uh, I pretty much failed at that. But I learned enough about blogging that I decided to start essentially what I thought would be a hobby blog about entrepreneurship because I wanted to talk about what I'd learned from running my magic website, what I learned from running this proofreading business, and just anything, you know, that's the beauty of blogging, especially in the early days. Right. And today with, with vlogging on YouTube, it's a similar idea where you can just sit, share some thoughts, um, people start to follow you because maybe it's something they're learning from you. Maybe it's just your your personality, your writing style, um, you know, the way you voice things or what you're interested in. And that's what happened to me. So I, as I said, was a hobby. I registered this horrible domain name, entrepreneurs-journey.com mm -hmm. and uh, started sharing these stories and ideas and thoughts. And, and it was so early that just, you know, first of all, people it came back and read it, but also Google started sending me search traffic. So it grew. And that would kind of open my eyes to the potential of becoming a, an income source, possibly from advertising, affiliate income, you know, maybe one day selling my own products. Wasn't sure what I have to um, put this into context though. Like I was not a person who decided I'm going to be, you know, a, a, a personal brand or an influencer as we'd call it today. Um, yeah. I think Nowadays, it's such a normal thing to say, I want to become that kind of person where I'll grow an audience and I'll make money from it. Back then, it was surprising to see myself write and then people start asking me questions and then me contemplate actually being a writer or a teacher, an educator, an influencer, a you know, personal brand. But once you start getting recognized on the street, you start to realize, oh, wow, there's something to this. And I wasn't super celebrity, but within my space of you know people who read my blog, yeah. Um, those sort of things started to happen and uh, I loved it. I honestly, it was the first business I had where I loved the business model. I loved the creativity of being a content creator. And then when I actually took it seriously, uh, I, I got into what you call traditional internet marketing, where I learned about email marketing, email newsletters. Um, I started using my blog plus my newsletter to start selling the first affiliate products. So other people's courses and eBooks and, and software and tools. And then I dived into actually becoming an educator. Like I never thought would happen, but 
um, around 2007, I, I launched a, my first ever course, which opened up the doors to uh, essentially what then became a career, which frankly is still going. I still have um, some training content that I sell online. I still have my blog, but for the next 10 years around then, I just went all in, in on creating courses, growing my audience, and uh, you know it was, it was far more lucrative too. That was the first business that I grossed over a million dollars in sales, and then another million dollars in sales with well my magic card site, you know, more like a side hustle. My essay editing business, more like a full time income, but not a huge income. This one was really substantial, and and frankly, I enjoyed it so much that I decided to sell off all those other businesses and go all in on that blogging space. Wow, that's that's very interesting. I mean, what what can you what kind of advice can you give people who I mean, I think these days people are um, they're concerned about the economic situation going on. There, there's job loss out there going on and people are looking for more ways to, I guess, be autonomous and become become an entrepreneur, do something they love, but also make money at it. And I think that's the hardest thing. People look at it like, how do I do something I enjoy and make money at it and make enough money to sustain my living wherever I live or whatever I'm doing. Um, what is your advice to those people out there listening to this? You know, I've answered this question, Ryan, and, and this is not to offend you in any way, but for probably going on 20 years now, because, right. you know, I, I, from day one, wanted to avoid full-time work. Um, yeah. And then I had to make enough money to, you know, survive, pay rent and food. But I wanted more than that. I wanted to travel the world. So then you start needing money for flights and accommodation. And that's that's a lot. So and you're mixing in another component of this, enjoying the work you do. Right. So it's almost like a holy grail there where right. enough enough money. Can you take this with you, remote work? And are you actually enjoying what you do? You know, and right. that is very difficult to um, get to that point for, for a lot of people, me included, because um it's like a Venn diagram. You might start doing something and you do make full-time income, but you don't like the work or the thing you like to do. It's hard to see that turn into a business and an income stream. So the the real challenge here is to work your way to understanding enough of business. So you at least understand the potential and then figuring out what parts of that or what topics or, you know, it could even be like a physical product you just happen to like, and that will make you excited to sell it. So yeah. you can make this Venn diagram work. Like for me, um, card game business wasn't a full-time income. At the time, I loved it, but then I just kind of fell out of love with magic as a game. And, you know, I grew out of it. I became an adult and no no offense to all the adults who still play magic, but it just wasn't <laughs> my, my thing when I hit my 20s. Right. Um, and then uh, with um, the next business I had, I mentioned briefly, the proofreading one, I didn't love the topic. The money was better. I started to make you know, 30,000 a year, 40,000 a year. So I could survive off it. Certainly could not thrive off. It wasn't, you know, able to travel without being a backpacker and, you know, really tight budget. Um, and I didn't love the topic. So I wasn't going to kind of stick to it forever. And then when I got into the blogging space, I knew enough about online business to be dangerous already. That was, you know, important growth phase. So this is why I often recommend to people especially if you're not sure about what you enjoy about having a business or doing a job on the internet at least understand the the frameworks of how people do it don't worry about you know what you're going to do or what topic you're going to cover or what product you're going to sell but just understand okay this is how a person grew an audience this is how they then 
marketed a product or service, you know, see what they're selling. Is it software? Is it e-commerce? Is it uh, an agency selling services? And you can go make it even simpler. Is it a, a freelancer or a contractor who's just selling their time as an individual to companies? That's, a, that's obviously a starting point that's easier to get into. Mm -hmm. But even, even if you start with freelancing, though, you know, if you're working for another company or three or four, you better like the work you do. Um, a good example, my, my current business in Pakistan, we actually have 50, a team of 50-ish contractors. The main thing they do is help people with email. They reply to other people's emails. But by doing that, they actually integrate quite closely with an individual or sometimes a small team in a company. Now, this is a remote job. It is, they're, they're freelancers. But they have to enjoy some part of that work to want to keep doing it. It's like it's got the you know the freedom aspect. If they work enough hours, it can be enough to pretty much you know travel, do those things. Mm -hmm. But if they don't like a you know really high level written communication and really attention to detail and interacting with the founder and and getting to know a company, then they're not going to enjoy that. Especially if they're say wanting to own their own company, then they're not, maybe they'll enjoy it to start with as a learning tool, but it's probably only a stepping stone to something else, which for some of our team, that's the, the truth. They might stay with us three years, learn about companies they work for, and then decide to do their own thing. But it is, I, I see it more to answer the question, kind of the long-winded version here. You need to understand what you're trying to do, understand yourself for the topic or the product or the service you're going to sell, and then kind of wait and gain experience to merge those things and find that sweet spot. And I say that from, that's my story, because it did take me probably seven years to merge those things and find the sweet spot. Right. Um, but, and I, I want to add one caveat to everything. You, you can't spend your entire time learning, though. There has to be, well, let me rephrase that another way. Learning is a big part of it, but the learning needs to come from action. So it's not just watching what other people do. It's good to then insert yourself into a process somewhere. So that's why I really do love the, this, the idea of starting with some kind of um, freelancing. If, if you know, you're not ready or not sure your own business yet, stepping into another person's company, providing a service or some kind of value to another company, another person, seeing how they use what you produce, getting to know them, especially if you can do that strategically. Like if you're thinking, you know, I might like to start a SaaS company, software as a service. Let's see if I can get myself working for one first and just see, you know, what are the components that make this SaaS company work? Mm -hmm. um, same with e-commerce, same with an influencer who's maybe a famous or trying to, you know, get more famous on YouTube. You can become part of these people's organizations and learn a lot. I know that's not a specific answer, but I feel like there's no magic bullet answer to that question. It's one of the hardest questions to really answer, you know? No, I think you're right. I think it's also, you know, you said it yourself, it took you years to develop that. And I think people have to understand too, that that's what it takes. It takes years of, you know, stumbling, learning, falling, and then getting back up and figuring out how it's going to work. And eventually that that'll happen, but it does take time. I mean, wouldn't you agree with that? It does. But of course, there's always the example that breaks the rule. You know, there will be certain people. Uh, I love finding these case studies because they're almost uh, often the ones that get the most press coverage. So people start to think that this is the norm where yeah. someone just said, you know, I just quit my job. I set up a fiber profile. I started offering writing services. I got overwhelmed with demand. I then turned that into an agency and 
24 months later, we're doing over a million dollars a year in revenue and I've got a team of 30. And you're like, yeah. well, but you came from nowhere and you had no experience running a business and you've never been a freelancer. <laughs> you know, like, how did this all work? Right. For right. You? And it can happen. They you know if their work ethics there, you know, maybe they just happen to enjoy the thing day one. So they keep doing it uh, and all the things line up. They happen to pick a high demand service. They were able to get a leg up with the platform that provided the clients like a Fiverr or an Upwork as a freelancer. And then away you go. Uh, and same with uh, other stories. You know, there's there's people who are not entrepreneurial at all, but they happen to have a core skill set like uh, maybe the programmers so they can code some software. And that software just gets picked up and everyone starts using it for free. And they, then they switch on some kind of premium paid component and like, oh, wow, I'm now making $100,000 a month. How did this happen? Oh, you know, yeah. so it's possible, but it's I don't like to present that as the common scenario because it's not yeah and i got it i mean I, I agree with you there and i gotta ask you to inbox done um you you've been able to grow and scale it with a team of 25 plus you know you're serving a diverse range of clients what's that journey been like and talk to us about the the benefits of, of inbox done and what it can do for for companies yeah we, we're, we're over 50 plus now so a double um, from my bio quote there, I need to update that for, for you guys. Okay. Um, yeah, it's, you know, it, each company I've, I've operated, there's been its own evolution too. So Inbox Done is a company I started because I went through the experience of uh, not being able to travel because I was trapped to my email. You know, as I said, right at the start of this, one of my core goals was to travel with the business. And I'd done everything really well. I'd created an income stream online. I could travel with it. It was enough to survive on it. Back then, I'm, I'm talking about my, my proofreading company. And the problem with that was all the work came through email. And if I didn't reply to emails and monitor them, I just missed jobs, lost opportunities, and everything was there. So I was chained to that. So even when I traveled, I, I just had to go into internet cafes back then. And then later on, you know, use your phone and constantly uh, reply to emails. So I had this at the time crazy idea could i delegate email to another person um, and th this was like all my email i was thinking not just customer service but every email to do with this business can i hand it over to someone else mm -hmm. uh, which i don't know if that was even realistic because for obvious reasons there's things in your inbox you feel like only you can reply to you might need your expertise or maybe your relationships with people or you know just your awareness of your life but I experimented. So I hired a, a friend who was about to have her first child and she was looking for a remote work job. And we went through a, a handover process where you know, about a month or two, I, I showed her how to deal with each email situation and she got more confident. And then she started actually replying to my emails in drafts. And I said, those drafts are good after a few changes. So she started to reply to many of my emails, not all of them. And then over like a, you know, three or four or five month period, she was up to probably 95% of my emails. Uh, there was always wow. a few that were just for me, but I was like blown away by how much it changed my life. Like I woke up on a Monday and I rolled out of bed, turned on my computer and of course went to my inbox straight away to check my email and it was empty. And I yeah. thought my website was down or something was broken, but no, she'd gotten up before me and replied to all the messages. And, you know, you check your send folder and see how the person writes because you just really you know, you're always a little bit suspect and want to follow, want to assess their work. Eventually, though, I, I stopped doing that as well. So at that time, it was just for me to get freedom from my own business. And then for the next decade, I always had one or two or three email assistants replying to emails, managing the inbox. I still still have some of them, same ones now. And I thought, 
and when I say this, this is like in my back of my mind forever, but I never did anything about it because I was too busy running my businesses. But I thought other entrepreneurs like yourself, Ryan, maybe might need help with their email. And there's got to be yeah. some other entrepreneurs because everyone talks about this as one of their main roadblocks to whatever it is, getting freedom, feeling less stressed, being able to travel, exercise again, see their family, or even just grow their business because they can work on the, the move the thing forward activities, the important activities, not just the to-do list. That's your email account, which is often not that important. There's a lot of stuff in there that's a waste of your time. So um, that's the gem or the, the germ of the idea of Inbox Done. And I finally actioned that around 2016 with um, a co-founder. Um, my co-founder was one of my email assistants at the time. And I said to her, listen, you're great at what you do for me. This is an idea I've wanted to experiment with for a long time. Let's do a test run. You'll be the first email assistant. We'll offer the service to other entrepreneurs, see if we can find a business model, make some money, um, make sure they're happy with the service. Can we do email management for other types of companies? Lots of questions that need to be answered as you have a new business. It's always the case. And uh, you know, the answer to almost every question there was yes, 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 it works. So we went and formalized it, you know, registered a company. Uh, this was after a year of delivering experiments with a couple of test clients, um, set up the website, and then, you know, fast forward, we're now in our sixth year of, of actually having a, a registered business. And uh, yeah, over 50, a team of 50. And what's really blown my mind is the diversity of clients in terms of the types of businesses from, you know, a, a bakery, you know, selling donuts and baked goods to uh, at one point we had a marriage celebrant living on a tropical island, to the normal things, lawyers, accountants, some doctors, um, finance, uh, real estate agents. Um, and then sometimes you just get really surprised, like, uh, you know, a used car salesman. It shouldn't surprise you, but of course, you know, it's not the not the typical digital business. So when someone, you know, I sell cars, but I also get a lot of emails, so I need help. Yeah. So, yeah. so, and then the system we built for my company rolls out across every other type of company because email is not that different for most people. What's probably in your inbox is not that different from my inbox. Right. And we all kind of get bogged down by the same thing. So, uh, but growing the business has been a, a really a joy because it's kind of like the culmination of all this experience I share with you from my early days you bring that in with you, you know, to each new business. So it helps. It makes you feel more confident. Um, you're less emotional. Still a journey. You still go up and down. You lose a client. You're like, oh, my God, this is not going to work. You get two clients. This is the best thing ever, you know. So it's, yeah. it's like that. Yeah. I think it's interesting. If, if you're listening and you're an entrepreneur, like you probably spend a good 30, 40% of your time or more just going through emails and, and I'm sure the majority of those emails are going to be something that requires just a quick response and it's just taking up a lot of your time, right? Would you agree with that? I would, I mean, every email is important, but some are just more, more of a priority than others, right? And, or have a, a higher urgency. So I think this is a great product for people that just flat out need to save time because we all have the same amount of time in the day, right? But it's about how you use it. Would you agree with that? Like oh, it's just yes. really about the time saving. Yeah, it really is. Um, I mean, I'm sure if I asked you, Ryan, to open up your inbox right now and, and tell me what's in there, or, or maybe you remember, you know, there's a majority of, you know, archive this, delete this, or yeah. press, press the update on this software, or briefly read this little news update. And then maybe there's one that's like, hey, we want to buy an ad on your podcast, or yeah. new, new, new guest, or, you know, the things that are important, or 
um, would you like to speak at this event or things like that? So the, the, the beauty of putting another person. So what we do is we provide humans just to clarify, we're not software, you know, we're not <laughs> robots. It's not AI. Yeah, it's, not, it's simply, yeah. no, it's just good old fashioned human beings, which are still necessary because email is so dynamic. There's no AI that can deal with every situation in a person's inbox without really like you have to study a person, which is what we do. We have a, a handover process to really learn about you. And then just like you said, you can first of all relax that it's not your job to be the the first respondent to every email you've got like a receptionist there so they're going to take away all that low level stuff straight away like you said and then they're going to also be able to make sure you don't miss the opportunities that hit the inbox they're going to be able to do complete processes like this is i think one of the, the best things you, it's not just dealing with basic emails it's like what if an email comes in that's you know customer new customer onboarding process that involves updating a CRM tool, issuing an invoice, sending them some kind of welcome pack, um, informing another team member to schedule a, a call with them. Your email assistant, what we provide, will do all those things. They'll learn how to do it all. And then there'll be that person who completes all those processes when that type of email comes in. So it's a full you know, executive assistant service that really specializes on the inbox. So that's why I can free up a lot of time and reduce a lot of stress because it, it's... Um, it's a line defense so that you are safe behind them. <laughs> you can go and do whatever creative, you know, zone of genius work is for you. I don't know what that is for you, Ryan, maybe showing up in these podcasts. Yeah. Uh, and then someone else is going to be there just dealing with the day to day. One thing I got to tell people about this, uh, Yaro, and I think this is great is I, I, I follow, I don't know if you've heard of Andy Frisella. He's a pretty popular content creator, entrepreneur, and one of the things he said on his podcast recently is, I haven't answered an email in like, I think he said like five or 10 years or something. And that blew me away because I'm like, this yeah. is a super successful guy who doesn't answer emails. And I mean, doesn't even open the email, doesn't even check. But to me, that says something like if you want to invest your time into building your business, get out of the minutia, get someone else to do it so you can focus your time and energy on creating or building the business, or making the, the deals or the connections you need to do. Because you shouldn't be as a successful entrepreneur, I think, buried in email. I think, you know, save that for someone else who can, who can handle it. Talk to Yaro and his team. Because to me, that is a tremendous value to be able to just get out of that buried under email mode. And it's not only that, it's losing time with your family, your kids, your wife, your husband, whatever it is. Um, that's important. That's valuable. So I think that's great. Who, who does your email, Ryan? Are you there yet? Or are you still, are you still the email guy? I'm still the email guy. I'm, okay. not, I'm not at that. <laughs> I'm not at that, that level yet, but I hope to be there soon. Yeah. But I definitely, I think it's a great opportunity because there are times when, and I'm the kind of guy where I'll, you know, I'll have to check an email and just be like, look, it's kind of, gets kind of excessive. Like I'm checking in on a weekend. I, I really try to block out my email checking times, but sometimes I feel like I got to answer this now. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So, and it kind of gets, it interrupts your day. And sometimes you feel like, okay, turn that off for a second, you know, stop checking. Yeah. <laughs> so it, it's a real, uh, like a sugar hit, you know, sugar rush, you know, right. it's getting an inbox. I, I love it because I still love to see a, a, a sale come through, you know, here, you just made money. Who do, every, every business owner knows right. that is, is what we do this for, or one of the main yeah. reasons is to see that email come through and you, you want to see it. But I, I learned 
Like that's one email that you just need to see. It's not the emails you need to reply to. So I think um, every person needs to get to the point where like that podcast you mentioned, they can say, oh, I don't reply to my emails anymore. You know, you might still go and look at them, but your yeah. team's going to be the one who does the, the whatever the work is there. Yeah. But I think you also bring up, like when I ask you, you haven't done it. When I ask people that more often than not, it's, it's also like um, a phase in business growth. Like I didn't do it day one for any of my businesses, except for my most recent ones, because I was already coming in with the capability to do so. But, you know, it took me a while to grow cash flow to justify that as something to outsource. So, you know, it's not like a bootstrapping, we've got no money in the bank kind of, uh, it's almost excessive then, almost a luxury to have it, I find. But yeah. most people who come to us, you know, they're already multiple six-figure, maybe multiple seven-figure business owners. And this is an obvious situation where they're drowning in their own growth or their own success or their own busyness. Right. And then got the cash flow to say, hey, I want to buy back whatever it is, two to four hours of my day by just completely handing over email. Yeah. And I think, you know, it's a feeling of freedom, right? Like when you if you could wake up as an entrepreneur right now and not have to think about answering, like you just said earlier, you got up one day and realized you checked your computer. and Everything was taken care of. I mean, that's a great feeling to have that freedom where you're not so tethered to like your your email inbox and constantly yeah. having to handle it. There's, there's a great feeling there of just like, I can take a breath. Like I can get up, relax, have my breakfast. I don't have to worry about 20 emails or 50 emails or 100 emails to reply to, which I think is great. So, you know, it's um it's funny. It ties back to that question you asked about the the holy grail of, you know, making enough money, but actually doing what you love. Yeah. The, the funny thing for me, and this happens I think, to a lot of people when they reach the point where they delegate email and they put it, enough systems in place that they do wake up in the morning and suddenly there's no more jobs for them to do to keep yeah. their company going. And I, I had that experience with the proofreading company and the, the runoff effect, not the first day, not the second day, those three days you're like, this is great. I got all my time back. But then you're yeah. into week two or week three and you're like, I don't know what to do anymore. I, I can't, you know, I need, <laughs> yeah. I, I yeah. need some kind of passion here. So you, you almost can have an existential crisis where you then ask yourself, well, what I really want to do with my life. And that's for me, it opened up enough time to start writing a blog for a hobby and discovering this kind of joy of writing and sharing content. So for me, it was a massive, uh, not just an efficiency back for the sake of the beach doing nothing. It was like, let's figure out what I actually want place that's a nice sweet spot for creative expression funny yeah yeah well i know you got to run soon yaro and i really appreciate appreciate you taking time here to talk to me uh one last question for you you know if if you can meet yourself at 18 years old now you know knowing what you know now what would you tell yourself back then You just broke up a little bit, but when oh. it, the question was, if I reach my 18-year-old self, knowing what I know now. Yeah, if if you um, if you met yourself at 18 now, what kind of advice would you give yourself? You know, I've, a few times, obviously, there's different aspects to life. Uh, when I was eight, about everything, <laughs> you know, not just will a business work, but, um, you know, dating, appearance all the things you're you know naturally insecure about and also as an 18 year old everything 
is about what's coming up in your life too, all the places you want to go to, the experiences you want to have. So um, I would immediately say to my 18 year old self that all the things that you hope will happen will happen, but you've got to let go of the angst and the impatience around these things and the expectations, the time frames, how they even look in your mind, because nothing comes to you exactly how you expect it to and the way you expect it to. As long as you keep going after the things that you have in that list, it will come in some shape or form. Uh, it yeah. won't necessarily be like the movie or the the book, or you're not going to say be Richard Branson, even if you might want to be at that time, you know, yeah. but um, they, it will happen. I hope by saying that I would simply cause some reduction in stress and, you know, uh, not so much self-pity and talking down to yourself when things aren't going at a pace or you're not getting exactly things you want the way you want. And that's probably advice for any person who's 18, frankly, because at that age, we're all, unless, unless we're, um, you know, in a country where you simply have to do physical labor to survive, where you're just thinking about surviving. If you're growing up in a nice Western country, like I was in Australia, I had the freedom to kind of have the angst about, you know, what, what can I, what, what are these nice things going to happen to me? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, Yarrow, it's been awesome talking to you. Inbox Done is the business and the company. If you need help with your your email, if you're bogged down, definitely check them out. Yarrow, it's been good talking to you. I hope you can um, share this with your community and they can get some value out of it. And I'm going to share it around too. And I just want to say thank you and uh, good luck with your future endeavors with everything. Thank you, Ryan. I appreciate the time. Thank you for having me and, and good luck to everyone with their businesses. Hey everybody, it's Ryan here. Look, sales can be difficult. Maybe you're up at night thinking how you're going to make that next sale. Maybe your sales team is struggling and you don't know what to do. Well, I've written a book called Customer Relationship Management Exposed. It's designed to help you figure out a process and system to be successful in sales and grow your business like you never have before. With Customer Relationship Management Exposed, you can make the right choices to find the right sales system to increase your sales exponentially. Pick it up on Amazon today.